0: Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine, and Goldmine is the music collecting magazine, and it has been since 1974. One of the longest-running music magazines in the U.S., in fact, and we're celebrating 50 years this year. You can go to goldminemag.com and find out more, or go to our sh- store, shop, at goldminemag.com where the staff curates vinyl and collectibles just for you, the collector, to buy and collect. Now, for this episode, we're going to be talking record collecting. I mean, what else? (laughs) And more uh, with singer Dennis Lixen of Swedish punk band Refused. But also, he was in the International Noise Conspiracy Invasion and and most recently, Fake Names, which has a more classic punk sound. Uh, Dennis is a huge record collector, if you don't know, and he even has his own YouTube channel called Dennis Deep Cuts. So check that out, do a search for it, and Dennis Deep Cuts uh, talks about Dennis's obsession with records, and amongst other things. It's, uh, it's a must for record geeks, and it's not all about just collecting punk rock records. He collects, uh, he's into all genres. Um, but he does like to collect punk especially going to uh, record stores and looking for local upcoming punk bands and he's a huge collector of seven inch singles as he travels on tour he he goes to all these record stores and looks for for vinyl Um, we'll be joined by Goldmine contributor Alan Brostoff who writes about record collecting and punk rock on goldminemag.com So we'll be right back with Dennis and Alan after the short break.
1: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons,
0: Dennis, it's a privilege to meet you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys as well. Yeah. And I just checked out Fake Names. I haven't, uh, you know, listened to any of this stuff. So I liked it very much. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a fun. uh, It's a fun little band. Yeah, is Refuse still going on? Is it?
2: uh, Yeah, we are on a a break at the moment because uh, we put out an EP at the tail end of, well, in 2020, uh, we put out an EP uh, and then we, we put our new record right before the pandemic and it kind of knocked the wind out of our sails a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're still we're still a band, even though we haven't done anything in a while. So I think we're just uh, on a break and then uh, hopefully yeah. soonish we'll
0: record a new record. We'll see. Very cool. So Alan, you're uh, taping?
3: I am. I've got it recording. All right, great. How are you? I'm doing good. And, you know, Dennis, I know you do a lot of interviews, and so you probably don't remember, but um, I had the opportunity to sit down with you at Riot Fest when you were with with the guys uh, for Fake Names. And um, I got to tell you, out of all the interviews I did, you were by far the most engaged um, person in record collecting. And (laughs) you can see behind him, he's got quite an amazing record collection and he also does a lot of social media around records and i thought it's we need to let more people in the united states know about dennis yeah. um and and his pod uh, and his uh youtube channel where he talks about records and the impact that records have on people and um so i just first i wanted to thank you again for taking the time to talk to us
2: no it was great i remember uh i remember that interview where well because uh we got asked if we got the like the interview schedule and then someone said this interview it's like a record collector magazine and i'm like hello (laughs) So I (laughs) my hand and i said if we're gonna talk about record collecting i might be the guy uh
0: so yeah it was great (laughs) yeah let's let's talk about that man um yeah when did you start collecting and were your parents collectors of records and did Um, they pass on the torch to you a little
2: bit i mean it wasn't you know when you're young and you're not collect. because i mean I'm, I'm 51 so i'm still you know old enough to like if you wanted to hear music you had to buy the records basically right so i just i bought a lot of records early on i started buying records my dad had and has a, a pretty decent record like a couple of hundred records uh so when i discovered music i stole a couple of records from him but He wasn't really into what I was into, but I think I bought my first record at the age of nine. And then I just never stopped buying records. And then 20 plus years ago, I became like the guy that buys seven inches for, you know, annoyingly expensive money. But, you know, I've I've been buying records my entire life. I always just bought vinyl. I have some CDs, but that's because uh, people
0: gave me CDs. But yeah. Yeah. Have have you uh, counted how many records you have now? Yes. <laughs> I, have, uh,
2: <laughs> I have everything on Discogs. Uh, and uh, I guess it's with, because it's like titles. So there's a couple of DVDs. There's a couple of VHS tapes, uh, tape cassettes and some um, CDs. But I think it's almost up to
0: 15,000 titles. Wow. So, yeah. It's a pretty decent it's... collection. <laughs> Now would your fans be surprised by uh what you have in your collection? Or there so is it cover all genres? I think I mean if you have
2: uh if you have fifteen thousand titles, you can it can't yeah. be only punk
0: rock, you know, <laughs> like right, 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 right. but
2: yeah, I think that uh, I think that some people might be a bit surprised about the stuff that I like. Um I do everything with like my YouTube channel, all the different bands that I've had. I, I think people know that I have a very, very broad taste in music and I listen to pretty much anything,
3: basically. And actually, can I, if I'd yeah. like to touch on that for a second, because I think the most recent um, show that you posted um, was around hate. Um, and, yes. it, and I was interested in, you know, that's such a broad topic. And I was like, well, I wonder how he's going to take this in a different direction. And it kind of ties into Pat because what Pat just asked you. Because um, right off the bat, you start talking about how you have, like, I think the fourth largest collection of music in your collection is Depeche Mode, and how most people wouldn't associate you with liking Depeche Mode, but that you really like them. But maybe can you touch on that on the topic of of hate in music? Because I thought I thought it was a great story. Thank you, thank
2: you. Well, I, I you know, when you're young. You're so uh, defined by by your scene or your subgenre, and I, someone grew that that grew up in punk and hardcore. It was like, for a lot of people, it was so important to to you know plant the the flag and be like, this is what I am, and then um, you hate on stuff just because of what you think you are, and I and I think it's like I just wanted to make an episode where I listed excuses that people use not to check out music, basically. And it's like, oh, I hate that type of music, or you know, like and, and I and I wanted to look at my own um, you know, the way I've been listening to music and some examples of bands that I, I hated, but for the pettiest and dumbest of reasons that had nothing to do with the music, just some fucking made up stuff in my head. I'm like, well, oh, I hate those guys. And then I sat down and listened to them, I'm like, oh, this is great music. Why did I hate these guys again? And um I think we all do that. I think we limit our, ourselves and and the way we, you know, consume music just by by nonsense basically. I wanted to touch on that and kind of give it a twist because I I want my YouTube channel uh, to be insanely positive. I think there's so much hate out there and there's so much, you know, people have so strong opinions and and you know, I just I just want it, want it to be positive and talk about stuff that I love and stuff that's inspiring and um
0: so it's just funny to do an episode based on hate. And Depeche Mode's lyrics are very deep. Uh, They're very great. Deep dark. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, and and I think I mentioned with Depeche Mode because I grew up um, when I was a teenager. I was a heavy metal kid, like you know, yeah. I had long hair, and I was into heavy metal. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if you grew up in Sweden, like you were either into heavy metal or you were into synth music, which yeah. which was Depeche Mode, and so. I assumed because heavy metal kids were like working class kids. I assumed that the right. Peshmots like upper class, uh, bougie, you know, right wing people. Yeah. And then when I discovered, like, oh no, they're all working class dudes, and they're all like leftists, and I'm like, oh shit! But I mean, that took me a long time because I had this preconceived idea about what uh, what I thought they were. I'm like, oh, that's what they are. That's what they represent. And then I'm like, oh, I was so in the wrong.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I kind of grew up the same way. Where, um, you know, I was introduced to music with you know the classic artists like the Stones and whatever. But then, in high school, got into the metal clique, right? And once you're uh, you're into the metal clique, no one wants to admit that they're into anything else. Yeah. <laughs> they like anything else, or else that will ruin your you know your cred, right? Yes. So yes. you're always trying to find out like the the heaviest the coolest man out there, but then then after a few years you know you you mature and you realize, you know you're not you're not listening to music to impress anyone but yourself, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's when you know you kind of that's where my record collection started to really grow. Um, yeah, yeah, you because know, I started picking everything up from uh, jazz to you know, Devo, to, you know, anything that I liked. I didn't, yeah. care, you know, I didn't care what people said. So, um, you but, know. But
2: it's, I think, it, I think it's, a, it's a natural response to tribalism, that you want to be part of, of the gang, you want to be part of the clique, and right. you say, okay, we this is what we're into now, so I'm also into this. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, I mean, that's the same thing as be, being a musician, like, uh, you can't really... Write music mm. with other people in mind. You have to write it because you love it. If you're lucky, it will connect with people. And the same with listening to music. I think. I mean, there's still a lot of uh, gatekeepers out there. that are like, this is you know real punk, or this is. But but I'm I I love music, and I think music uh, as a concept is so interesting, is so fascinating that I can almost get get into anything if i find the right uh, you know the right key to get into it and and i I just love i love that idea that it's what we make out of it you know
0: now traveling through europe do you you find record stores different in each country do you there are little uh changes um in america for instance there if you go from state to state you'll notice different things and yes Alan can tell you that one record store in West Virginia has a drive through So really <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I think I mean
2: I think record stores across the world are the same sort of nerdy outposts for men like us
3: yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: everywhere. But uh the interesting part is when you travel to uh the the, the, the roads less traveled. Um yeah. I always try to buy uh, local stuff. I mean, last year we went to Croatia, and I'm like, I went to the punk record store. I'm like, what's some good '80s Croatian punk rock? Right. And he he gave me some stuff. I'm like, it's perfect. So that's what I try to do when I travel in Europe. Like you know, you go to France. Like let's let's dig out some old French punk or some chanson singers or whatever it is, and and try to be a bit specific for the countries that I travel in. And I mean, you know, when you go to the states. Uh, if you're lucky, you can find some good American hardcore or, you know, the, the kind of stuff that right. I that I collect. So um, I definitely do have different things in mind,
0: depending on the countries that I go to. Yeah, right. And there are definitely some great, you said you collect 7-inch records or yes. definitely some great punk on 7-inch records. Yes. Uh, besides what people think of it being a commercial 45 single, because uh, yeah. they're cheaper to make. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting it's... to buy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, the thing that, do you get into different pressings, like, say, um, a pressing from France, a pressing from Germany, a pressing from the UK of a same, the same album or a, the same band? A little, a little bit. Uh,
2: when it comes to the, the punk and hardcore stuff that I collect, yeah. I like the original pressings, I like the, U- if it's an American band, I want the US pressing. Uh, when it comes to just buying good records, not so much. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that type. Of, but, but yes, when it comes to minor threats, you want the first pressing original, you know, like that. But that's like the really niche, nerdy collecting. But then when yes. I buy records, I mean, if I can find original pressings, that's kind of what I prefer. But uh, all in all, I, I just, I some records are just great. You just want the record. I don't really care. I mean, I have friends that are like. I'm only buying the doors,
0: the UK mono pressings. And I'm like, Yes. Because ah, ah. <laughs> traveling through Europe, I could really geek out. Like, for instance, go to Germany, get a, a seven-inch pressing of the stones of, of a song, then go mm-hmm. to France, try to get the same song, <laughs> different sleeve. You yes. know, I, that's something where in the States, you know, you you don't have that experience. But, you know, going through different record stores in Europe, I'm sure... You, that, that would be a cool experience trying to get yeah. different things like that
2: yeah and it, and it is cool as you said like like you can have a it's like a six pistol seven inch but then the french yeah. cover was very right. different than the German cover and then the uk they didn't have a cover at all you know like that is kind of cool that you can you can find those little uh, s- sleeves that are different
0: basically so that's kind of cool so is there a recent band that you discovered uh, you said you're going to a store and and ask what's your local what's a local band?
2: Uh, is there a, a band, band that you
0: recently discovered?
2: Uh, I don't know there's I mean local bands I just go to the shows and buy records at the shows yeah uh, and, and we we don't have we have two decent second-hand record stores in town they're decent not great and yeah. unfortunately they don't have uh, almost any new music at all it's just second-hand stuff um, and I try to buy a lot I think uh, last year I bought a hundred and twenty LPs that was released in twenty twenty three. Three, so I, I really try to make an effort to buy uh, new music. I think there's so much great music out there. Um, I go to the shows, I buy the records, and then you know just I make an effort, especially when I go to the states. I was in the states twice last year, and just go to the record stores like, what's the new punk stuff, and just trying to buy a lot of cool new punk stuff. Uh, a band that I recently discovered. It's band called Zulu. It's like African American hardcore band from L.A., and uh, their latest record came out last year. It's like the, one of my favorite records of a long time. So fantastic, but it's super aggressive, uh, power violence metal hardcore. But it's great. Have you? Uh, did you get that in L.A.? Uh, no, I think I ordered it somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have, you have like, yeah. like, I have like a. Sorry. I have maybe five, 600 titles on Discogs that I sell. Yeah. So I have this economy where after three months, I'm like, <laughs> oh, some money, I'll order some records. And it doesn't affect my, my you know, like uh, my personal economy <laughs> that much.
0: I think we all do that. Yep. We, yeah. Yep. We, we, we recycle, right? Yep. Especially yeah. if it's something that, um, well, I could probably live without this, get yes. something new instead. Uh, I know Alan is a huge, uh, punk collector and
3: i think he does that right yeah i try not to get rid of too much stuff but yeah i i, I will cycle through i try to make sure that my record collecting budget does not impact my household budget yeah. <laughs>
2: yes we we all life like
3: appreciates that
2: yeah we yep. all struggle with that trying like yeah you know my wife's well, like how much money did you spend on that record i'm like eh. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
3: Dennis, I do want to touch on um, fake names just a, a little here um yeah. because Pat, Pat mentioned it and I rated it as one of my top ten albums of last year on my top ten list. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think I shared that with you when when okay. I saw you at at the show. But um, you know, it's been labeled a supergroup. Um and so I guess I did what I what I'd like to ask you is as the front man for a supergroup, do you ever have that epiphany where You look to the right you look to the left and you're like wow these are some pretty cool guys i'm up here on stage with i mean these guys have a lot of history i mean you're talking about you know Minor Threat, Bad Religion, SOA, Girls Against Boys, Bugazzi, Rites of Spring i mean that's just a small sampling of the bands that these guys that you're playing next to have been in
2: yeah so Uh, every day when i hang out with them that's what i think i'm like even in the van, I'm like, "Holy shit, that's a Fugazi drummer. What's he doing here?" <laughs> um, it is interesting because it's my, um, like, I, that's the that's my record collection. You know, that's the, the stuff and punk and horror stuff that I grew up with. So when they asked me, um, Brian asked me, like, "Do you want to?" I, I he said, "Me and Michael Hampton from SOA Faith Embrace have a new band. Do you want?" I'm like, "Yes, yes." I didn't even, I didn't, you know, I don't care, like if, if they ask me to sing, I'll sing. Uh, so yeah, there's been a bunch of times where I'm like, what am I doing here? And um, we played in DC last year, which was wild. It's like the Black Cat, a Solat show. The other two, we, it was Hammered Hulls, which is also a bit of a sort of, you know, all-star DC band. And there's a band called The Owners with, with people from like Youth, Youth Brigade and Iron Cross. I was the only person on stage who wasn't from DC and it was like one of those like I'm like this is insanely surreal because I'm this kid from Sweden that grew up with Minor Threat and Dag Nasty and SOA and Faith and here I am singing with these people. So on a pretty daily basis I'm blown away by the fact that they, they want me to sing in their band.
3: <laughs> well and I know I, I know Pat touched on asking you if there was going to be any more um, music from um from your Swedish band but i would ask are we going to get any more fake names uh music yes yes we actually had a band meeting last week
2: uh where we discussed uh, recording a new record so we'll see i mean it's uh, early days but uh yeah i i'm always busy like it's interesting, I have one of those years where I'm not touring that much, which I usually, it's usually like 60, 80 to 100 shows a year, but uh, 2024 is a bit weird because I don't have a lot of touring, but I have three recordings with three different bands. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm writing a lot of music.
3: <laughs> that... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, and, and I apologize because we kind of, we, we didn't even touch on what might be one of the most crowning achievements in Dennis's life. And I would love to ask him about this. Pat, I don't know if you knew, but in, um, what was it? Uh, He was voted the sexiest man in Sweden by (laughs) Elle magazine in 2004. So I just wanted to ask, how did that impact you when you found that out? (laughs) I mean, uh... Honestly, very little, but it's, it's like <laughs> one of those
2: funny stories you can tell people where you're like, oh, I was the sexiest man in Sweden a long time ago. But it was, they called me up and they asked, uh, we're doing this thing where like the man of the year is how they sold it. So I went down to Stockholm, I had some interviews. And as I'm doing the interview, they said, oh, it's actually the sexiest man of the year. I'm like, what? And, <laughs> and uh, we're not sure you would have accepted if we said it was a sexist man but it was just one of those like just fucking roll with it and uh, it, it's like a good story. Didn't really affect my life too
3: much. That's cool. I have, I have a huge medal made that I would like wear around all the time. <laughs> 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 when you go out to the bars you're like, "Hey, hey, do you know?" <laughs> that's right. That's right. Pick up this guy. Yeah. <laughs> my license plate would say it on my car. I mean, I would be everybody would know. <laughs>
0: Hey Dennis, do you write most of the uh, lyrics yourself with bands? Do you do most of the songwriting? Um, um, and I know that uh, just listening to your music, it's cool that you keep on, you're socially aware. And and the scary part about uh, the times we're living on is the political extremism all over the globe. And it needs to be kept in check. Um, uh, do you continue writing in that vein?
2: Yeah. I always done. I mean I grew up I grew up with punk and yeah. I grew up with the idea that, that music should be some form of resistance or, or rebellion yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I was I always been writing that way and I always write from my own sort of ideas and perspective uh, and as you said like the world is in turmoil. Yeah. It's easy to write songs, it's frustrating that I, you, we still have to write about these things but yeah I think that... Um, Uh, most of my bands deal with these things because it's something that I think a lot about so it's it's just natural for me and it's it's not like I woke up one day and say oh I have this great idea I'm gonna sell millions of records by being this pinko, Swedish pinko person but (laughs) it's just who I am and just how I view the world and I try to give my perspective in music you know.
0: Yeah and in a world where uh, countries own citizens, a lot of countries, uh, question democracy (laughs) It's crazy and rather have an autocrat or, yeah. uh, or it's it's scary scary shit but you know it's only been uh 80 years or uh so since our the uh, you know we had a uh, world war and yeah. scary crap like that so you have to think it can happen again and it, it's great to have uh, artists that um you know can turn people on to uh, a certain open-mindedness to what can happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope so. It It is interesting because as you both, I'm sure, experienced, like like music, uh, one of the, for me, one of the more uh, fascinating facets of music is that when you discover certain music, yeah. it unlocks all these doors into worlds yeah. that you didn't know exist. And, and we live in this world where like here's what presented to you that here's the music that you're supposed to like here's the movies you're supposed to like the literature and when okay. you discover certain types of music you just wear off into a different direction and and you discover this world of different ideas different art different culture and i always thought that was the most fascinating thing because through music i've learned about politics i learned about art i learned about culture right. movies um and i think that one of the things people ask me a lot about my, my political ideas, but I think that the political ideas that I talk about, a lot of it is just to, to give a different perspective. Say like, hey, you can view the world in a different way and you can look at it from a different perspective. And you don't have to be what people are telling you to be. And, and, and I think that's the important thing. I think, yeah, I'm a, I'm a super radical leftist socialist i I'm, I'm I'm pretty fucking far off to the right uh, to the left. But I think that when I talk about these things, it's more a general idea of like start questioning why these things are happening. And one of my proudest moments was that um uh, I played in a band called the International Noise Conspiracy and we were super radicals. And this guy came to the show and he was like a fanboy and he was like, Oh, sucking on every word, buying all the records that we had. We, we actually brought uh, books with us on tour. We had like an anarchist book fair with us on tour and he's buying all the books and he's super excited. We come back a year later, I, I'm i talking about something from stage and that guy just starts screaming, I don't agree! That is bullshit! And I'm like, this is my proudest moment because that's exactly what you want uh, out of people, that they, they make up their own mind and just not just because I say something doesn't mean it's right, but they he because of us, it opened his mind and he got a different perspective i, I loved it
0: <laughs> that's interesting, yeah, it's kind of like college, you know you don't have to agree with what you're uh presented, you know uh you debate it if you want yep well that's yep. a great point and I, and I think that's something
2: maybe not dive too much into politics, but I think that's something that's missing today uh, yeah. with social media we don't debate politics no we just just we just have extreme opposing views that we scream at each other and i think for me like like uh, any type of like when we talk about politics in our songs that's the start of a discussion yes we might seem kind of cocksure and be like you know like there's this what we think but it's always a starting point for me for conversation a debate and an exchange of ideas but with social media today there's there's no exchange of ideas. It's just crazy people screaming at each other, basically. Yeah,
0: just shouting <laughs> clouds out into space. You're right. You're exactly right. Um,
3: Alan, are you well, still there? That, yeah, I just wanted to um, <laughs> mention, or again, your YouTube show, which is yes. Dennis Dennis Deep Cuts. Yes. How often How often mm. are you dropping a new episode?
2: Uh, I've been doing it. I started doing it a little bit more than a year ago, and pretty much every week and now i think i'm going to do it every other week because uh it became one of those things where i'm like now it's a chore and i don't i don't want that i just want to do it because it's fun so every other week uh is my plan to drop a new episode and i mean i want there to be more conversations but i live <laughs> i live in the ass end of the world and uh, since I'm, when i'm not touring it's hard to to grab these conversations but i want there to be more conversations and not not only me ramb- rambling about my record collection, even though that's, you know, it's kind of neat.
3: <laughs> well, sure. hopefully, oh. hopefully, some of our goldmine readers and listeners will check out your YouTube. I,
2: I would love you know? it. I think it's a, a neat channel. And I think that it's one of those deals where I've been collecting records or buying records my entire life. And I'm a huge like pop culture nerd. And then one day I was like, well, it's why not share this? these ideas with people and this music and also i have a pretty vast knowledge of music that i'm like why not talk about these things you know like in an, a in a fun and creative uh, in, inspiring way and and hopefully people will discover some new music and learn a little bit about uh me and my life i guess yeah
0: very cool so what's it like in sweden what's the weather out there i mean uh, we have
2: uh, feet let's see 1 feet Oh my God! We have ten feet of snow, maybe? No, that doesn't make sense. One feet is three. I'm trying to do the conversion. Yeah. We have about one and a half meter of snow, which yeah. is yeah, it's like up up to my waist with snow everywhere right now. Wow, and that's pretty think,
0: common.
2: Yeah, it's where I live. It's I'm I'm an
3: idiot living up here. <laughs> Dennis, one question I do want to ask you that is a repeat of a question that I asked you when I interviewed you at Riot Fest, but I think yes. we're going to get more listeners with this and I, and, and I want to so sort of put this out there. I asked you at that time, what was that holy grail of a record that you're searching for that maybe one of our readers would be like, oh, I have an extra copy of that. I can get that to Dennis. So I'll ask you that question again. What is that missing holy grail album? And you can't say a Misfits 45, because no one's gonna send you one of those, I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> and that's what I wanted to say. Misfits calf Cool, because that's the only one I don't have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It is one of those, like, at this point in my record collection, a lot of the stuff that I am looking for is Misfits calf Cool, or the first Necro 7-inch, and, uh, you know, the first Fix 7-inch, stuff that is... It, insanely expensive um but yeah i don't know i i mean the misfit seven is just one of those where where i went to record store i saw it and it was like maybe like two thousand bucks and i'm like "Ah, it's a bit too expensive and now it's ten thousand (laughs) bucks and i i i I was like oh it's too expensive i'm not gonna buy it and now i'm like oh regrets
0: (laughs) maybe someone can send you a banged up copy yeah
2: (laughs) I have like I have a like bootleg version of it from, from uh, the early 90s, but eh, not really the same thing. And really? also, you know a 7-inch that I, that I don't have? Um, it's kind of pricey, but it's, it's, it's the first with thread 7-inch. There's four colors. I have three of the colors. I don't have the red one, which is the first pressing. So I don't have the red Brian minor thread. Brian
3: couldn't help you out with that one?
2: No, I've been, I've been bugging him. <laughs> I, I mean, I know, I know some of the people that run Discord these days, and they're like, no, that, that's... <laughs> but uh, it, it's one you can actually find, but it's, it's quite pricey. But maybe, uh, I think Brendan Canty said he might
0: have a copy, so I'm going to keep massaging him for... <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, thank you, Dennis. Uh Alan, do you have any more questions?
3: No, I just I wanted to thank you, Dennis, for coordinating your schedule. I know it's not as easy as as being in the States. And so working with us to set this up, I just think your, your music um, with with all the bands that you do is so strong. Uh, the, like Pat said, the messaging is phenomenal and the collector side of what you bring to to the music. I mean, I talked to so many musicians who are like, oh, you know, we just put everything out electronically and it's OK. We, but yep. you have a, you have a passion for that. For the actual yeah. physical copy, and I think that that yeah. says a lot. And so thank okay. you for taking the time to talk to us.
2: I, no worries, I love talking about record collecting because a lot of times I do just get to talk about the politics of my life. Uh, and and I mean I I'm, I'm I'm I grew up with albums and I love albums, and uh, I've also ha- I've, I've had a couple of record labels myself, and I know how important it is and. Yeah, the physical, there's something to replace that the physical feeling of that album in your hand. And, and I love it. I think it's important that everything you do gets put out on and a nice copy on vinyl. I mean, I don't mind. People can stream if they want to, but there's something about that. Um, getting a new LP in your hand is is pretty, pretty fantastic. And, and I'm lucky enough that people still care. And also, at the end of the day, I'm such a fan of music you know I'm I'm still that guy that like you know will play in San Francisco and and the guys in fake names like here's this guy he was in void I'm like holy shit you know and they're like what that guy hasn't put out a record in 35 years and I'm I'm like super excited so I'm still like a music nerd and I, I'm such a fan of music and it's just it's just exciting there's so much good music out there and it's gotta dig gotta dig and find it
0: and also you know it's not just the the physical copies have all great artwork and like you said yourself different colors of vinyl mm-hmm. and it's so it's not just um it, it, a music geek you know could collect the the art as the physical art as well as the music that's going to be played which which i love personally yeah, um,
2: yeah. And, there, and there's something yeah there's something about record collecting too where it's like. It's not only, I mean as I, I say, I, I'll buy some records because I want to hear that record. Mm-hmm. But a lot of record collecting is like almost archaeology. Like you'll find yeah, these records yeah. and they tell a bigger story and you can you can trace stuff that's like, I mean, just buying like when I bought my first copy of the Minor Threat 7 inch, the glued had come undone. It was the blue yeah. blue one. and the glued has come undone. And you could tell that they glued it themselves, and that the writing stuff where you glued it together. It said "Flex your head," and I'm like, someone under threat wrote that, and now like forty years later, it's in my collection. And it's like, there's these traces of, of pop culture that it, that's yes. fascinating when you find these these
0: type of items. You know, it's that's art. Great, it's art. That's a great. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. So fans, what can fans expect from you um, in, for this year?
2: Um this year I'm I think I'm releasing one record we I have a project called Bucking which is uh, a a doom jazz project
1: yeah
2: <laughs> well you know it's uh three of uh, the guys from Refused and uh it's a jazz saxophone player called Mats Gustafsson who is I mean he's way bigger record collector than I am he did a, he has that uh, Discoholics Anonymous Like He's the kind of guy that travels the world with Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth just to buy records. Like, So he plays saxophone, we're putting out a record on vinyl, of course, Uh, and that's kind of like a free jazz doom metal type of project. And then this year I'm recording with... um, I got a band called Invasion, which is one of the bands that I'm most active with. We're doing a record, I got a punk, punk band called Venice Casino. We're actually recording a record in April, and then Fake Names is working on new music and hopefully some shows. So I'm
0: just staying busy, you know. It's interesting you men- mentioned Thurston Moore because I go into local record stores, and he-, he lives around where I do, and they're constantly telling me, oh, Thurston Moore likes this. Thurston Moore was looking for this record. He likes so everything. <laughs> I have to uh, finally interview him about record collecting. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean he's got a massive record collection and uh, oh, that sure. guy that I play with, that plays saxophone, he's played with Sonic Youth and the records with Thurston and he's just like one of those cool guys, he doesn't measure, he measures his record collection in weight. Wow. Yeah, because he was like, well I have this many tons of records. Yeah, like, I met him once, he was in Stockholm, he lives in Austria, he's, he's from, he's from Umeå where I live, but yeah. he moved in the 80s and He's one of the most world-renowned free jazz sax players in the world. I met him once. He was in Stockholm for two weeks. He bought 600 albums. In two weeks yeah.
0: in Stockholm, I was like, I can't compete with that. That's insane. Uh, I've seen some of those collectors at work that walk into a store, clear a little space and keep on putting albums in yeah. yeah. this area. <laughs> it's insane. <Yeah>. It's insane. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> look forward to that hearing that music yes All right. thanks so much Dennis
3: thank you Dennis thank you yes, thank you for
2: having me and uh, I'll see you guys soon
0: see okay, you bye
2: soon bye now take care bye bye